What is up, Podheads? We are back with a little bonus episode. Uh, I'm here with Nate. Nate, how you doing? Good, yeah. I mean, everyone likes a bonus. Right? Yeah. So we had some stuff over the last few weeks uh, in our conversations with uh, people for Tattoo the Earth that didn't quite fit the Tattoo the Earth interview. So we saved that stuff, and here it is. We're going to put it out for you right now. We got a couple cool stories from a few of the different guests, Derek Green, Brian Fair, Shannon Lark, and Franz Strine, and then a bonus one at the end that you'll get here shortly. But yeah, we're going to lead it off right now with Derek Green talking a little bit about podcasts and what he used to do for work. You know, it's something that I never thought about so much. I mean, I guess during the pandemic, it just really popped off in, in yep. so many different ways. And I, I started hanging around uh, my friend's podcast, who lives Toby. very close. Yeah, Toby. Yeah. On One Life, One Chance. And I really loved what he was doing. You know, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I, I've known him for so many years, like over 20 years. And we used to, before I was in Sepultura, I, I worked across the street from Toby and he was starting H2O, like coming up with the logo. Like he's like, check this out. I got this idea. And, and um, I was working at like this at Fat Farm, uh, Russell Simmons yeah. clothing yep. shop. And so that was insane time, you know, especially for like hip hop in, in New York and, you know, Biggie Smalls coming out and then Wu-Tang and like the best of the best. And I was like, oh, I'm working at, you know, the shop and they'd have these parties and all those people would be there. And I was, Jeez. it was just, it was incredible, you know, like actually working for Russell. I, I never worked in a clothing store in my entire life, but it's such a small world. Like the person who introduced me to the job, he was a photographer and he was really into hardcore and, and metal and the skate world, skateboarding world. And he was like, ah, you can easily do this job. It's assistant manager position, salary, health benefits. I was like, for clothing store job? And uh, <laughs> no shit, it was right? just insane. You know, he's like, yeah, but this is Russell Simmons clothing store. So it's his new thing. And so there would be all sorts of crazy people coming in from, I mean, a crazy diversity of people from the supermodels, like the original supermodels. Mm -hmm. So it was like Naomi Campbell, Chrissy Turlington, wow. you know, all these like, like the ones, Seal, Heidi Klum, Joe Montana, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Mariah Carey, yeah, Biggie, uh, Red Man, LL. We got to save some of these stories. Yeah, we will yeah. ask you about all this. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. Yeah. laughs> crazy, crazy time. But anyway, yeah, that's why I met Toby. And, and then we had a lot to talk about. And a lot of people we had on the podcast, so I was like, oh, wow, that's that person seems interesting. I want to know about them. Like, you know, I, especially people I, I, I had no idea about their background or where they came from. Like Will I Am, he had on. I was like, what? Black That's IPs? right, he did. That was a big yeah. guest. Yes, yeah. And he was on the Warp Tour, which I didn't know Black Eyed Peas. That's right. Were. And yeah. that's how was Toby that, that met That must have him. been pre-Fergie too, right? <laughs> I think so because they, yeah. I mean, they the, yeah i think because they had they had a run there without her before she joined right right i think it was at the tipping point of right when they were getting big but people weren't feeling that warp tour of course but it was great hearing him talk about warp tour just like hey i learned so much from it you know about yeah. watching those heavy bands play in front of the crowd and win the crowd and, and be able to 
moved the crowd. And he's like, and that's what he's like, I learned so much from seeing that and, and, and watching them. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. You know, he's a really smart guy too. So Damn. Um, yeah, podcast. Awesome. You know, yeah, I love no, we, we will ask you back for this. It, we, we won't do it. You know, right this second, but it will. Right. You'll get me someday. You're gonna open your email. Right. And you're gonna be like, "Those guys again." All right, hopefully, yeah, yeah. Hell let's do no. it. <laughs> you're kidding me. All right. Next up, we have the one and only Brian Fair. He is no stranger to the podcast from Overcast and Shadows Fall. We get into some fun conversation about fish, who we've never talked about in the podcast, and also wearing an integrity hoodie, tie-dye, and getting recognized at metal shows. This is awesome. Here it is. Well, it's funny because, like, I, I, like on Twitter, I go back and forth where, like, if if fish, if I'm on fish tour or kicking or hitting a bunch of fish shows, all my metal mm-hmm. heads are just like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> like, you know, like, "Sorry, man, no, that's what, like, you're, you got to deal with a bunch of fish content yeah, and just, no. you know, eat it." <laughs> well, you were in New York, right? Because you went to the MSG shows. Yeah, I went to the MSG shows, and I just hit Deer Creek in Indiana a minute ago. Like, nice. but that's it for the year. I like, I'm, I'm fished out for a minute. My brain can only take so much. One of our one of my buddies, our buddies that lives in Florida, was at the MSG shows too, and I was like, "Hey, if you see Brian Fair, he's there." Because I yeah, saw him well, on Twitter. It's, it's it's hilarious, man. I was wearing a tie dyed Integrity shirt. No way, uh, that exists. So yeah, yeah, dude, and it's it's the humanity it's is the devil one wow. too. So it's literally this this super pretty blue tie dye with just the humanity is the devil in the back, and this one dude walks by and he's like nice Integrity hoodie, and I'm like, oh cool, and then he, I see him do the stop, and I look, and he's got a like. Uh, full of hell shirt on, you know? So I'm just like waiting for it to click. And yeah. then he's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Brian, I know yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, thank God there's another metal dude here. He's like, but guys in my band just don't understand why I come to these shows and blah, blah, blah. Cause he was in some like, you know, progressive like death metal band, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, man, they'll figure it out one day. But <laughs> so there's always well, a few men. Yeah, there's, there's always a few men. I always get a few horns walking by. There's a couple, you get, you get recognized at the fish show. And I, I prefer, you know, <laughs> Because if that happens at the Slayer show, I'm not surprised. Right, but when right, it happens at the right. Fish show, I'm like stoked. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That's fucking amazing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're probably trying to hide at the metal show. Leave me alone. Yeah, and, and what's funny is I'm definitely the one moshing at the Fish show too. Like, because they got some riffs that get they get pretty heavy, and I yeah, have to man. remember. I'm like doing this like Rasta stomp, and I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, I'm gonna knock over some like hippie kid and get and get in trouble here. So I got to gotta reel it in. Got to yeah, reel it in. Pull it back just a little. Just, just a little. little. All right, I got to put you on the spot. I, I don't think I've ever listened to a, a fish song front to back. What's the heaviest riff? Uh, heaviest riff would either be sloth or horn. Uh, horn is very zeppelin heavy. Horn's like, it's a sick riff, but it's very zeppelin Sloth has a straight mosh part. Like straight. Really? Dun, 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 no dun. way. There you go. In the, in the early 90s, when they were more shredding and going super fast, uh, they had a lot of like 90s hardcore riffs peppered in their jams, though. Not necessarily their songs. Like Trey would just <laughs> stumble across them in jams. And man, it was very ice burnish, very like yep. into another vibes on some of that stuff. So it's in nice. there. The guitar tone, you know, was it's not like he was playing through a you know a dual rectifier or anything, but you know, but uh, he he could bring it heavy. These days, a little more dad rock, not gonna lie, but you know, like, like but the jams still get evil, man. I, I, there was a time in the '90s where they were just like, if you're on acid, we're gonna make your head explode, and they they weren't <laughs> nice about it. They like people think they were a hippie band. I'm like, they're not a hippie band, man. They were they were mean back in the day, like <laughs> literally playing Mach 10, saying you're never gonna get this maze in a like you know tripped out 
loud, like oh, man. surround sound stuff going everywhere with a bunch of people on super powerful hallucinogenics. Like that's yeah. just evil. Yeah, that's, that's just straight mean. evil, man. You know. That's mean. Yeah. So, so I got to so, get in the right headspace. I'll, I'll clear out my basement so I can mosh to sloth. There you go. Yeah, sloth the is one. the one, man. That's the one. So, I'll find. You know, what? I'll find. I'll find a good one and email a link to you. I'll, I'll find a good heavy sloth and send it to the email. So. <laughs> oh hell yeah, dude! That'd be awesome. Awesome. See, I'm infecting you with fish. I love it. All right. Next, we're gonna get into it with Shannon. He was uh, gracious with his time and uh, kind of did a little sidebar conversations. One of which was uh, bantering about our our hometown, which is Portland, Maine, and uh, the scene there. Kind of a local bar scene there kind of notorious most bars per capita i think for a while was the tagline and also a little um feud with some uh, mushroom head fans which is kind of funny so check this out nice one time i was in maine my, my old i was in this band in the 80s called Wrathchild, Wrathchild america later and uh we were we played this place called the free street pub oh yeah. Port- yep yep nice that place i don't know if it's still there but it was around for a long long time and and they let their their bands, you know, back in the day, we do, we do like four sets, you know, yep. playing cover songs, playing all these cover songs, shit. But uh, one time we were up there in the summer and we could stay for four days and play four nights at this gig. And they had a band house, the Free Street Pub had a band house that let all the bands stay in it, you know? Oh, wow. I caught crabs there one time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, and so, we would go down to the pier, man, right there on the water. And I swear to y'all, it was a hundred degrees mm-hmm. out, you know, hot as shit. And I said, I'm jumping in that water. I jumped in the water. I almost had a heart attack, man. It must have so been cold. 60 degrees that water. Uh, it's when, insanely cold. It's cold, yep. cold. 60 degrees in water is cold, man. Yep. I mean, it was, I thought I was going to die. But anyway, so hello, Maine. I love Maine. Another one. But, you know, one time we were in Cleveland and we were playing with Slipknot and we climbed this 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 bleacher from behind to attack these uh, dudes that were throwing. They had sharpened like uh, triangle pieces of metal and they were whipping them at Slipknot on the stage. And these motherfuckers were whizzing. So, you know, someone had told us about it and they were they were dumbass because they were holding up this big sign that said, fuck Slipknot mushroom head rules or whatever and there was a <laughs> back in the day there was you know mushroom head was all you know we did it first we wore masks first yeah for sure flip knots no we never heard of y'all fuck off and then so next thing you know their fans i guess and cleveland they're from cleveland start throwing these like i said sharpened they could have you know hurt somebody and so casey chaos for big man said come on guys and us we were so okay you know i'm no fighter but i was like okay i'm coming i'm gonna punch somebody and we climbed up this fucking thing, and Sonny Mayo cocked somebody in the mouth, and Paul Fig. It was a, and next thing you know, I'm in the middle of this action, man. It was rad. I didn't even get hit. I was just throwing punches at people I didn't even know. It was awesome. But that's how Tattoo the Earth was, too. That's how Amen was. Amen, we should have been the poster children of Tattoo the Earth, man. I mean, that's what Fran told us, too, on episode one. He said, you guys were, you know, wild, and like, in a good way. Like, it was just, it was... Always, always a party. Yeah, we were all nice guys, and we all loved loved to, at the time, you know, to drink and do drugs, and we were young. All right, next up, we have Fran Strine. We had Fran back on episode one of Patio Slave Tattoos the Earth. We talked to him for like 
jeez, 30 minutes or so. We end up cutting about eight minutes of it, but we have a couple cool stories from that right now. Uh, one about going to an NFL game with Mick Thompson, and then another about a Red Sox game. So a little bit of sports nerdery mixed in with your Tattoo the Earth stuff right now with Fran Strine. You know, one of my favorite memories with Mick is where we both love football. And I met a guy who plays, who played with the Cleveland Browns, his offensive lineman, Ryan Tucker. And this was when I was working with Disturbed. They came to one of the shows, a bunch of the guys. And I saw the guy had a Super Bowl ring on. When he played with the Rams, he he was uh, Kurt Warner's blindside offensive tackle or whatnot. And we started talking. He goes, oh, man, anytime you want to come to the game, just let me know. You know, I'm like, I'll, I'll take you up on that. So we exchanged phone numbers. And football season was starting. So I'm like, hey, man, let me know if we can take up an offer on that. My friend Mick from Slipknot is a huge fan of the NFL, too. He'd like to join me. He's like, well, hey, man, we're playing the uh, the Chicago Bears next week. You want to come up? I'll treat you guys. You'll be on the field for the whole show, for the whole game. Damn. So I called up Mick. I'm like, you want to do a road trip? He's like, fuck, yeah, let's go. So we go. And then the equipment manager sees us, you know, and uh, says, hey, man. Nice to meet you guys. You guys want to work? I'm like, sure, man. What, what do you got? He's like, you guys want to be the cable dude for the, the coach? You know, just kind of curious. I was like, I don't, yeah, man. That sounds like fun, man. <laughs> Who gets to do that? You know, so he had Mick and I doing that. But what he didn't tell us is we had to wear NFL code clothes. And Mick, if you ever see him, he's always wearing a, a Raiders hat, his sunglasses, black, long sleeve, everything, combat boots black everything's black and evil we had to wear khaki shorts white ankle socks with <laughs> gray reebok sneakers and a gray cleveland brown shirt right and there are photos of this so i've got them somewhere but he's like you ever show anybody this shit i'll kill you <laughs> he looked like a scout he looked like an nfl scout oh totally man we're there the whole and when you see these giant dudes just like crush, and it was the best time, man. And and Mick and him got kicked out of a, a club in uh, Cleveland called the the Exit or something like that. But they were <laughs> on the bar doing air guitar to Judas Priest, hammered out of their minds, and uh, got thrown out. And I'm like, this is my cue to go back to the hotel. So I I, I left the bus. Like, here's money for a cab. I'm I'm headed out of here. Another one. You know who's a big Mike Mushchalk's the biggest Red Sox freak. Nice. Mm -hmm. Ever. I'll never forget we were on tour and we were going through Tampa and it was the Sox and Tampa and the eight the American League like series or whatnot. And my son lived in Tampa at the time. He was probably eleven or twelve. So we swung by and picked him up in the tour bus. It was a total rock star moment for him. Oh, That's nice. Awesome. We go to the game and Mike knows a lot of the players. And we get on the field, and the first person to run over and give a bear hug is Big Big Poppy, man. Oh, yeah. That's wow. awesome. That's, that's crazy. Man. <laughs> that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that was cool. I fuck, I'm, I'm 38, and I take a fucking bear hug from Big Poppy right now. <laughs> cool. You take two yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now we're talking to uh, an OG, a 90s OG, Chad Benecos of Head PE. He jumped on with us. Uh, for a future episode, but we did get him to talk about a, a little bit of Tattoo of the Earth stuff as well, and jumping off tour to record the bartender video, which is a pretty crazy video. If you haven't seen it, check that out on YouTube, but a little backstory there too, which was recorded during Tattoo of the Earth, which I didn't know. We didn't know that uh, beforehand, so always cool to get those stories, so check this out. All right, Chad, we've had so many guests to kind of recollect Tattoo of the Earth, both the reincarnation of the Alt Festival, but also the 2000 
era, which you guys were part of, the traveling chaos, the caravan of pain, as it's told. We're curious, though. Like, how did you guys find out about Tattoo the Earth? Like, when did you get the call? Where were you? Do you remember any of that? No, I don't. I, I remember um, we were just wrapping up the broke record and we hadn't really toured it yet a little bit. We hadn't even, I hadn't even gotten like all my new cadence I was going to use when the tour came together and they asked us to do it. I think it was like a no brainer. Once we knew, like we had the same manager as Slayer. That's what it was. Nice. So we had to, we played with Slayer a shit ton, even though that was a weird lineup. Uh, so when it was like, Oh, Slipknot's playing, Slayer's playing, you guys want to do it? And we're like, fucking of course, like, <laughs> who's going to say no, you know, <laughs> to that. But yeah. But yeah, you're, you're, it just wrapped up broke that, what was it? The, the record dropped August 22nd, 2000. Yeah. Nine days after Tattoo the Earth ended. So you yeah. must've been playing songs from broke on that tour, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were just warming up. We we were going through a little bit of a, a, a phase there where it was like, if you saw us on Ozfest or, or any of that shit from the baby record, you, you could see how we were. Like, we, we were so done. We just wore our fucking street clothes. And we had bags of laundry all sweaty and shit. And um, for the Broke Tour, we had decided, like, mm, maybe we should actually have some stage clothes, <laughs> you know, and um, have a little bit more of a, a stage show you know, and, and do some things the right way. And so we were just transitioning into that when Tattoo came. So we we were like a hybrid of like our old self and what broke was when you see, you know, that spectacle of a show. We, we were right in the middle of doing that, you know. So it's kind of a, a special moment for us. We hadn't really evolved into what we were going to become. Yeah, trippy. How was the, the song soft broke? received live because most people would wouldn't have heard the recorded version of those right i don't remember dude i i know that <laughs> i don't and i have a lot of footage i don't know if you guys saw i put that movie at that documentary um based on all my home footage so i have a ton of tattoo the earth footage um so i know when we're playing like waiting to die at some of the punk songs yeah the, the pit's just yeah. going for it but you know some of the new songs just seem like People didn't know it. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't know it. We played yeah. a lot. I think we played like Killing Time and we played Bartender, you know what I mean? Stuff yeah. like that. We didn't play a whole lot of the new stuff. We relied on like the more the heavier punk stuff, I think. It's, it's kind of crazy that to think that people got to see those songs live before they ended up being massive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we've done, we've all done that. We've all been to a concert. We've seen a, a band play. They're playing something that. You know, they're playing new songs. We're like, all right, cool. Should I go take a piss? Like, I don't even know. But then you find, come to find out, you're like, man, I should have stuck around. That song ends up being one of my favorite songs by that band. So it's crazy. Yeah. I, I wish I was at shows like that. We're like, oh, they're playing something fucking new. Holy shit, that's cool. <laughs> well, actually, we tried to do the research. We couldn't find it anywhere. So, like, nowadays, it's different, right, with the internet and everything. Like, yeah. obviously, 2000, the internet was around, but it wasn't as, I don't know, accessible or controversial or whatever you want to call it but now when bands go on tour and they're promoting a new record pre-album drop like they're actually told don't play those songs so they'll get pirated and actually people will find out before the record's out so they actually beat there a lot of the times they're being told not to play those songs until at least release day so for you yeah. guys like we're wondering bartender as a single was that were you guys pl playing that a and b was that on radio as promotional support is on top of that or was that not even in radio yeah i think we had like 
maybe some little sampler CDs that we'd pass out. We went and filmed the bartender video in Mexico on a day off from Tattoo. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, we, we, we flew out. We did this whole thing uh, for a couple of days, and then we joined back up on the tour. So, you know, the record was just still coming together. You know, we didn't have the video and the single one, all that shit yet. That video is fucking crazy, by the way. <laughs> that video, dude. Yeah, that video. That was... <laughs> other story dude tijuana right I, I think, no right? it was uh it was in some other town border town in texas and dude it was wild the police had to come out all that stuff you see in a video the, the police and shit they were there to like protect us dude because <laughs> wow we took over these bars and we were in the streets and there was like you know just fucking there's alleys of heroin addicts and uh, we're we're who we are we're all getting drunk and but we got all our girlfriends there and shit so it's like <laughs> Let's film the cops. Fuck it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's a lot of coordination on an off date to pop down yeah. to Mexico. Yeah, I know. Oh, and then you're back on, you know, you're flying back to this, as we yeah. said, caravan of pain where people are getting tattoos in fields and yeah. it's dirty and dusty and there's dust storms and there's, you know, yeah. flash floods. And that, that must have been fucking wild. It was wild, dude. Yeah, I remember seeing like, the bass player's name from Mudvayne. He was like, I'm going to get tattooed right now. I'm like, right now? Like, where? He's like, right here. He sat down and two guys were just tattooing his chest, you know, before he went and played. And we played in a rainstorm once. We got to play that Metallica gig. I think Tattoo, like, butted up on a couple of cool things here and there. That was fucking rad. Giant stadium, right? Yeah. Playing with your idols, Metallica, but also the new fucking festival in August that we'll, we'll be at. Another uh, influence to yours, Anthrax is playing, which we're Fuck stoked yeah. on. Oh my god, yeah, Anthrax was huge influence on me, dude. My first band, remember? If you guys are Anthrax fans, you know they had those mosh parts, yeah, right. They were like the heaviest part of the song. I was obsessed with that. And my first band, one of my first thrash bands, was it was like all my own mosh parts. That's all it was. The whole band was like mosh parts, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had Scott Ian and uh, Frank Bello on the podcast, so dude, tribute to those guys. Hell yeah. They're awesome, dude. Scott's the man. And I mean, to, to give us, a, you know, a half an hour to, to nerd out about them bringing Tattoo the Earth back. And then obviously some other cool shit in there, too. So I don't know if this is happening. When we drop this, I don't know if it's happening before or after the, that interview. But man, they, they are badass. And to be doing it for 41 years now is pretty wild, too. I know, dude. Cool. So yeah, those were our, our extra conversations, extra little tidbits that we got of nerdery from all of the guests that we had over the course of the Tattoo the Earth series. And we thought we'd drop it right now and give you guys a little bonus episode, a little extra stuff, and, and, and hint at, obviously, we have Chad and Echoes coming up, and we talked, geez, for about an hour with Chad about uh, Hippie Self-Title. We just celebrated a 25th anniversary back in August, right? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all-encompassing. We, you know, We're nerds, we're geeks, so putting out the extra content, you know, we're not going to shelve it and it's not going to get dusty. We want to put it out to the world for us or for anyone else that's interested. So um, that's why we put this together. But um, yeah, a lot of this happens quite often, actually. There's a lot of be real that, you know, we save or we kind of geek out on, but uh, this is proper for uh, an extra, extra, I don't know, almost like Franz Strine's Seasons DVD, right? <laughs> right. Extra, con extra content, no extra charge either. So yeah, if you want to go and, and, you know, support us, it's the bottom of the episode. Go ahead and click on that. But, yeah, definitely uh, a fun time getting to know all of these folks surrounding the Tattoo of the Earth piece and then to get the extra stuff that we got, too. And, and it's it needs to see the light of day, so here it is. And 
Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And yeah, look forward to uh, Chad Beneko's coming on. We'll probably drop that, jeez, a couple of weeks from now. Before the, the before September ends, you'll hear it. And uh, that, that was a really fun conversation. Chad was awesome. And get a really good deep dive into the Head PE self-title record, which, which again, just turned 25 years old, which is wild. Yep, a little cliffhanger for uh, for Head PE and uh, a bunch of other stuff that's in the bank too. So we're not we're not joking when we say we have things logged. We're working our asses off over here. So it's all in good faith, all in trust of the nerd. So stay tuned. We'll, we'll be back next week. Hell yeah! Thanks, guys. Peace, potheads. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Patio Slave. We are at Patio Slave on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places that you can find us on social media. Facebook, Patio Slave Podcast. YouTube, Patio Slave Podcast there. Email us at patioslavepodcast at gmail.com. And hey, if you want to become a supporter, click on the link at the bottom of the episode and give us a dollar, give us five bucks. It keeps the lights on, keeps us going. We really appreciate that stuff. Thank you.